Welcome to the Should A Bet More podcast. I'm your host, William Hill. We are presented by Goal Boys. Flying solo today. We'll be back with guests next week. It was just an issue with Apple, Spotify, making sure we got these up. I didn't want to have a guest on and not be able to have people hear it. So we are up and running. We are good to go. A lot to get to. We'll get to all the NFL games. I'll just go through the slate here, give you a thought on each one. Got three or four best bets for the NFL. Maybe talk some bowl games. Yamamoto late last night. Might You might have been asleep on the East Coast right around midnight, I think it was on the East Coast. Yamamoto to the Dodgers. The Dodgers, the rich continue to get richer, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but we'll first, we'll start with what was a ho-hum Thursday night football game. Rams and Saints. Rams win the game 30-22, to a misleading final. This was never really in doubt. This was a, a phony one-score game. You always hear that stat, oh, it's a one-score win. You make it seem like it was you know anybody's game or close game. This was not. This was the Rams all the way. Uh, there was a point. It was 10-0. Rams try to kick a field goal. They miss. And Saints quickly get a touchdown. It's 10-7. Oh, man. The Rams dominated the game. Maybe the Saints have a chance here. Uh, and the Rams just pulled away from there. Scored quickly in the second half. A field goal touchdown. Pulled away. Some late touchdowns to, to window dress for the Saints. Boy, the Saints are tough to watch. I, I can't understand. Like, Winston, I know he's not the solution. He's not the answer. How you play Winston, How you play Carl over Winston, I don't get it. it it's... It's such an indictment on the league that I, you know, I would sit here and say a car is done as a starter. He can't be starting the NFL. There's so few good starters or average decent starters that car is probably going to be starting somewhere for the saints next year. And man, the saints are a mess. They're an old team. They're over the cap. They don't have any young talent. They sort of, they were a win now team that isn't any good. So uh, that was a methodical win by the Rams. Rams put up some points. Rams are pretty good. Stafford's played well. Um, you know, they got Nakua. Who, who does something for you on offense. Kyron Williams has been emerging. Um, you know, you add that with Cup and Stafford. McVay's a good play caller on offense. They're not very good defensively. They're not a real threat. I wouldn't think to, you know, go to a Super Bowl, beat a team like the 49ers, but they're looking like they're going to get in now and we can get to these playoff odds in the playoff picture. They're looking like they're going to be one of the seven teams. They are now minus 250 to make it. And hey, if they get in and they play the Lions, um, and, and that would be fascinating. The Lions who have not hosted a home playoff game in... 30-something years. I think 1993 was the last time. Imagine they finally get a home playoff game and Stafford is on the other side. He comes in and rips their heart out. That is certainly on the table now, but Rams are minus 250 to make it. Um, and look, they're, they're a semi-dangerous team. This does uh, affect the odds in terms of the playoffs. I think it cleared the NFC up a little bit. If you just go through it, uh, seven teams, Eagles and Cowboys are going to get in in some order. That's two. And 49ers obviously win the West. That's three. Somebody's going to win the South. It looks now like Tampa that would be four Lions are going to win the North. That's five. Uh, and I would put the Rams tentatively in now where um, they, they have a chance. They play the 49ers the final week. So that's now a winnable game where if the 49ers win their next two, that might not mean anything for the 49ers. So you might get a break in terms of that. So uh, I think the Rams at minus 250 are properly priced now to probably get a playoff spot. They play the Giants on New Year's Eve next week. So uh, Rams are probably getting in. So that would be our sixth team. So that would mean the seventh spot in the NFC comes down to likely Minnesota, who is now plus 110 to make it, and Seattle, who is minus 155 to make it. Seattle's got an easy schedule. The Titans this week, the Steelers, uh, and that game is in Seattle. The Steelers game is in Seattle. Uh, this game is in Tennessee. And then they play the Cardinals the final week. So they they can easily get two out of three, if not all three. You never trust that team to win all three of any games, and that would be four in a row because they just beat Philly. But Minnesota also has a pretty easy schedule after tomorrow. I And we'll get to the games. They are home for Detroit, three-point dogs. Uh, and then it gets easier, home for Green Bay and at Detroit. But again, Detroit might be locked in a position where they can't get the one. They can't move up. So Detroit might be resting guys their final week. So 
I, I think that's properly priced. I think he'd give a slight edge to Seattle uh, just because Minnesota does have the game uh, this weekend where they are an underdog. So Rams probably going to get a spot. I think the last spot comes down to Seahawks and Vikings, and I would lean towards Seattle getting in. It's a shame because I, I've never been a big Cousins fan, but man, with that defense, with their weapons, with Jefferson and Addison and, Addison and Hawkinson at tight ends, and Chandler's been an emerging back, and Flores on defense, like that would be a dangerous team. I don't know that they could get to a Super Bowl, but if they had Cousins, could they have gotten to like an NFC title game? I don't think it's crazy with the Eagles showing their cracks. Detroit's good, but they're beatable. Dallas is very good, but we've seen they're beatable. So, you know, I, I just, man, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody's keeping San Francisco out of the Super Bowl uh, in the NFC. I just, I don't, they're going to get the one seed. They're going to win two out of the next three and be the one, get a bye, get two home games and probably get to a Super Bowl here. Um, the, the, the bottom is just not that strong. Seattle getting in wouldn't be that dangerous. That wouldn't do anything for me. The Rams are the one team out of this whole Rams, Vikings, Seahawks, you know, you can throw the Packers in here. The one team that can get in and just at least win one game, I think is the Rams with their offense, with their coach, their quarterback. So uh, that's the situation for the Rams. And again, the Saints are just a painful, painful watch. Carr's terrible. Yeah, he's yelling at his teammates. He comes off like a phony too. He really does. He comes off, you know, his his perception, the way he carries himself is one thing. Then, you know, on the field, you could tell the teammates do not like him. You can really get that sense. I'm surprised they've stuck with him. That team needs a new coach too. Allen stinks. The coach and the quarterback stink. I mean, that, that's... You, know, you can talk about these teams till you're blue in the face. A lot of time it comes down to do you have a coach, do you have a quarterback? They have neither. Uh, and, and it started last night. You know, I, I didn't even realize the game had started. I look up, first drive of the game, we're like two, three minutes in. The Saints have the ball in Rams territory at like the 32 or 33, three minutes into the game. And you end up punting from the plus 38. I know it was fourth and 14. I know, hey, we're going to kick a long field goal. You give them good field position. But punting from the plus 38, I mean, what are you doing? This is... This is 2023. If you don't have a kicker you trust to make or attempt a 55-yarder, you need a new kicker, especially in perfect conditions like that. So they punt. They play the field position game. Guess what? The field position didn't matter. They gave up a touchdown, uh, and it was the Rams game from there. That was not a good performance from Allen, not a good performance from Carr. Saints still alive here to win the division. They're plus 360 to win the division. Nobody wants to see them in the playoffs. Uh, nobody wants to see any of these South teams in the playoffs, but I guess they still do have a shot, uh, although last night was a was a big blow to them. And what hurts the Saints even more, and we'll get to these games here, is Tampa's now minus three against Jacksonville. That is telling you that Lawrence is probably out uh, with the concussion here because that line opened Jacksonville by a point. That line would not be Tampa minus three. Tampa's not three points better than Jacksonville if Lawrence is in, and I'm not even a Lawrence fan, but that line wouldn't be three if they thought Lawrence was playing. Lawrence seems like by the line that uh, Lawrence will be out uh, this weekend against Tampa, which makes things interesting in the AFC. I mentioned the NFC picture. Even though Lawrence is out, let's just, we got to give somebody the South and all these teams, you know, Texans, Stroud's not going to play. Jags, Lawrence isn't going to play. And obviously the Colts quarterback, let's just give the Jags the South. They're minus 130. I don't feel great about it. I don't know if they're definitely going to win, but just for the sake of the playoffs, just to put things in perspective, Chiefs, Ravens, we'll call the Dolphins division winners. That's far from over, but Dolphins are going to get a spot. We'll call those three division winners. And we'll call the Jags. So those four. And then I, I think the Bills are going to get a spot with their next two games, Chargers and Patriots. They're probably going to get one of these spots. In the Browns, minus 800 to make it. They're three-point favorites against the Texans. Stroud's probably out. Then they play the Jets. Then they play the Bengals. Browns probably get a spot. So let's say those let, let's say those six get in. You're probably looking at a seventh spot between whoever doesn't win the South. So let's we, we gave the, the Jags the division. So between Houston, Indy, we'll throw Cincy in there, obviously. Uh, they're in the mix, and they're a three-point favorite tomorrow. 
Uh, am I missing anybody? Nobody in the AFC East. Steelers are on the fringe, but if they lose tomorrow, they are donezo. Nobody in the West. Oh, I guess you throw the Broncos in there. Yeah, so Broncos, Bengals, if we're giving the Jags the division and we're giving the Browns and Bills the spot, it'll probably come down to, I mean, it will come down to Bengals, Browns, and then the two, whoever's left out of the AFC South, we'll call it uh, Texans and the Colts. So again, do any of those teams really scary as a bottom seed? I mean, the Browns with their defense, they can give people trouble. They're such a mess in terms of their offense, but um, you know, that's, that's just not... I don't know. I have a hard time wrapping my head around. What if Flacco like was in a Super Bowl or an AFC title game? He's on the couch a month ago. Uh, that would just be, I can't wrap my head around Flacco being in or winning another Super Bowl. There'd be some story. Like a lot of these are long shots, but like, can you imagine the Bengals in an AFC title game? Like there's a lot of these where it's just like, it would break your brain to picture the Bengals without Burrow making a run in these playoffs. So I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think it's, it'll probably be some be someone between you know, chiefs, dolphins, bills, um, Ravens, those are probably the four. I, I, Jacksonville's a fraud. Nobody else in the South is making a run. Texans, uh, Texans and Colts. Texans aren't there yet. Colts aren't any good. We'll get to that game. That's I have a pick in that game. So let's just get to the games and run through them quickly before we get to the baseball with Yamamoto. Uh, starting Saturday, this is great. I mean, Thursday you have a game, obviously, with, with the, the Rams and the Saints. Nothing Friday. And then Saturday, two games, a bunch of games Sunday, and then three games Monday. So that is that that is a hell of a, a lineup there where you get – Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, four out of five days with football. You, you can't go wrong with that. Um, and, I, and I don't mind subtracting a little bit from the Sunday slate to just spread it out and have games all the time. It's it's really it's a fun time of the year in terms of sports. Always something on, always something to watch, always something to bet. Bengals up to a three-point favorite in Pittsburgh. I like Cincy to win the game. I can't lay the three here. You know, Tom went off of a loss as a dog. That's been a profitable trend. It hasn't been a profitable trend lately. This team is in free-for-all mode. I've been shocked by how good Browning has played, how well Browning's played here. They are going to have no chase. They are going to have no DJ Reader. I'd expect Cincy to win. I'm not in the habit of laying three on the road. So that would be a pass. Would expect Cincy to win and put Pittsburgh out of their misery. Here's the thing about Pittsburgh. They're home. They're, they're going to be getting booed. If they're down 7 nothing, 10 nothing. those fans are fed up with Tomlin. They're so sick of hearing about how they have this great coach and they haven't won a playoff game in seven years. They're tired of hearing it. Um, and I don't know that they would make a change in Pittsburgh, but look, I mean, they missed the playoffs last year. They didn't, they're not going to make it this year. They haven't won a playoff game since, you know, basically Obama was in office. So uh, it, it's not crazy to just move on and just say, Hey, we need a more modern coach here and we'll move on from Tomlin. I don't, I don't think that's crazy, but uh, the Saturday night game bills, chargers bills up to 12 and a half. I can't bet. That. I, I would rather take it than lay it as crazy as that sounds. This is just a, a home run spot for the chargers. If you're into those situational motivation things, the Bills saved their season a couple weeks ago. against Kansas city. They kill the Cowboys. This is the letdown of all letdowns. They're in LA. It's Christmas week. You know, maybe they just, they take this one for granted a little bit, but Buffalo's had a habit of doing that. Meanwhile, the chargers, they just got completely, you can't get more embarrassed than the chargers got last Thursday against the Raiders. So maybe the, the chargers come out and say, Hey, you know, we got Staley out of here. We couldn't stand him. We're, we're going to show some pride here and they keep it close. I, I guess I will just say there are going to be a lot of three team 10 point teasers with bills, which is a standalone primetime game chiefs and Eagles all taking those games to under a field goal or basically like a pick them. This one be down to two and a half. And you know what? Can't say I disagree with it. I would expect the bills to win this game and, I know it's a good spot for the Chargers. I just I can't get behind the Chargers here. Um, it's too many points to lay, but it is a good spot for LA. Um, Sunday, Lions now laying three. There were some three and a half against Minnesota. Flores has done well against Goff. He blitzes. Remember, they matched up in the Super Bowl when the, when uh, Flores was with the Patriots. Goff was with the Rams. 
I just feel like Detroit has more on offense than Minnesota. Uh, I could easily see this landing lines by a field goal or so. I guess I would take the points just because of the Flores golf matchup. Minnesota's home. They're desperate. They're playing for the season. Detroit is the better team. Um, if you can get a three and a half, I would take Minnesota. Detroit clinches the division with a win, a division they haven't won in 30-something years. Seahawks-Titans, we're up to three and a half. I don't understand how we're at three and a half here. I'm guessing it's Tannehill for the Titans if it is. To me, that's an upgrade over, over Levis. Tannehill, I mean, with all these injuries to quarterbacks and the level of quarterback play, Tannehill's not like the worst quarterback in the league. He's you know one of the 10 or 12 best when you look at all these injuries in terms of current guys that are actually active and playing. Uh, Tannehill, you could do a lot worse than him. I thought maybe, you know, I know he's hurt, but to me, him or Levis, if Tannehill's healthy, he's the better player. So I would I would take the three and a half with Tennessee. Uh, Browns are up to minus three over the Texans. Total's 40. I would look at an under there. It's Flacco. It's going to be Case Keenum. Uh, I can't lay the three on the road here. Uh, Keenum was very lucky. Was not good in that game last week. Very lucky to win that game. So this is a huge game for playoff implications. Browns still in the mix for a division. Texans obviously still in the mix for a division. I'll say this. If you like Cleveland to win the game, there are some books that have Flacco 16 to one. I think I saw it at Fanatics 16 to one and good luck getting a bet in with them, but they actually had this one and that's a whole other thing. Fanatics, which just came to Connecticut. I can talk about that in a minute. Uh, Flacco 16 to one comeback player of the year. If they run the table, they get to what? 11 and six. Uh, I think they have six losses, right? If they win the rest of their games, I mean, that's a pretty good story. If you have people who say, Hey, I'm not going to vote for Hamlin. He didn't really come back. He's only got a handful of tackles. Flacco's not the worst bet. It's really not at 16 to one. If you think, you know, they're going to win this game and win a few of these. And they've got an easy schedule after this Jets and Bengals. So we think the Browns probably win that game. Instead of taking the Browns, maybe just you throw a few bucks on, on Flacco at comeback player of the year. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, Commanders, Jets, God help you if you watch this game without a bet. God help you if you bet on this game. If you bet this game, you get what you deserve. I'm not laying three with the Jets. I want no part of this Commander team. That's the easiest pass of the week. Falcons-Colts is a game I do have a play on. I like Atlanta. I like Heineke way more than Ritter. I haven't understood this loyalty to Ritter all season. You know, they took a shot with this kid in the middle rounds of the draft and they stuck with him like he's a first rounder. He stinks. I think he's not much better, but he is better. Uh, I, I think he's meaningfully better. I would just lay the money line. It's funny, two and a half, you know, it's usually most games don't land by one or two, except with Atlanta, where a lot of games land on one or two. If you've noticed, their games land around the number a lot. Last week, they're up by one and Carolina kicks a late field goal to, to lose by two. They don't score a lot of points. They don't give up a lot of points. So a lot of those two and a half could be valuable. It could easily be. You know, I know Indy scores a lot and gives up a lot, but this could easily be like a 21-19, uh, 19-17 type of game. Heineke to me is a, it is a significant enough upgrade where I like Atlanta. I don't buy this Indy team. They're not good on defense. Minshew's a turnover waiting to happen. Falcons are a play. Uh, Packers, Panthers, I would take the five before I would lay it, but nothing I would bet. Packers are probably donezo after their couple of losses here. Um, they, they have not played well. Uh, I, I, boy, it's, it's painful watching this Panther team, but they're actually decent on defense. Uh, it would be a lean to the plus five mentioned Jags bucks bucks laying three. I'm not laying three with Tampa. I assume this is going to be uh, the backup here for the Jags. Was it Bethard? Uh, I'm not laying three with this Tampa team. I don't want any part of Bethard. If I had to, I guess I would just take the points, but man, uh, this is, this is a nice break for Tampa here. If they can get this win, helps them get to the division. They don't have to see Lawrence. And this is uh, a big, big for both sides. Big, big in terms of both races, which are wide open Cardinals bears. Uh, Bears laying four. Bears have played well. They've been one of the teams that I've really changed my opinion on. If you just asked me middle of the season, six weeks ago, uh, versus my opinion now on them, they're one of the teams that's trending up more than anybody. They've improved more than anybody. I'm not in a position to lay four with them. Arizona's been feisty. Arizona really moved the ball last week against San Francisco. 
So I would take the four here with Arizona. They've been feisty. They've they've been competitive. Um, Murray can move the ball. Murray's been good as a dog historically in his career. Again, they gashed San Francisco last week, 430 yards of offense, six yards per play, over six yards per play, eight yards per rush. So I could see Chicago winning that game, you know, 24-21, 21-17 winning but not covering. So uh, I, I do like Arizona plus the four. Dolphins-Cowboys, as great of a game as that is, to watch, I have no feel. They're both sort of the same team. They kill the bad teams. They struggle when they step up in competition. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting, you know, to see the bully versus bully uh, and who steps up and who wins the game. I, I don't know what to expect. Nothing would surprise me in that game. None of the four results. Cowboys winning by a blowout. Cowboys winning a close one and vice versa. Miami winning a blowout. Miami winning a close one. I have no idea. At plus one, plus one and a half. Dallas is a teaser leg. Makes sense to me. Just you have that security of, hey, if Dallas wins, you cover. If Dallas loses a close one, you cover. Uh, I don't mind Dallas as a teaser. I have no feel for that game. I kind of lean towards Dallas. If I had to pick, I would take the Cowboys. But uh, that's that's more of a fun game to watch than to uh, than to bet. I think Hill's going to play total at 50 now. So maybe an over two. I would think that's like a, you know, 28, 24, 31, 20. I think both teams will get their points in that one. So it should be a fun game to watch. That's a great game. Christmas Eve, uh, those uniforms, you know, a little little 90s throwback where the Dolphins were always good, the Cowboys were always good. That's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Two good offenses. You don't get, we don't have a lot of games in the NFL in this season where both teams are really good. Both offenses are good. The quarterback play is so bad. You, you finally get one and there's a lot on the line. So looking forward to that one. That's the late window Christmas Eve on Sunday. Then the Sunday night game, Broncos up to seven over New England. I can't lay it here. Uh, it would be Patriots or nothing. I'll probably end up betting the Patriots, especially if I got a seven and a half, but the seven looks like a lot of points. This Bronco resurgence has been all about uh, turnovers, turnover luck in a game total at 34, seven's a lot of points. I could see, I, maybe it's just bet the under because Denver's going to play conservative and say, Hey, as long as we don't screw it up, as long as we don't turn it over, uh, we'll win the game and we could win, you know, a 20 to 16 type of game, uh, a 13 to 10 type of game. I, I would look towards an under. I would look towards taking the points. Maybe you parlay the under with the Patriots because that is certainly correlated. And then you get to the Monday games, Chiefs laying 10. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I think it's inflated to 10 because they don't want you to tease it. If it's eight, nine, you can tease the Chiefs down at 10. You can't tease the three. It's not, a, it's just not good. You know, numbers wise, I think that's why it's 10. It's a touch high, but the Chiefs, as bad as, or not as bad on offense as they've been, but as unchief like as they've been on offense, the one team that they sort of get on track against is the Raiders. Remember, they played a, a month or so ago, and the Raiders were up 14 nothing, and the Chiefs just completely blew them out after that. Uh, that that's one team the Chiefs just sort of get up for, and, you know, they, ha they have the Raiders number. It's a bad matchup for the Raiders. I, I don't know. I mean, like I mentioned, throw the Chiefs in a 10 point teaser. I, I, I don't hate that. I guess I would take it before I laid it, but I don't feel comfortable with that. Uh, Eagles up to 13 and a half over the Giants. I understand this line move. It was 11, 11 and a half, 12. I think the Eagles get back on track here. They certainly have all sorts of issues, but the Giants are not the team to expose those issues. The Eagles issues are defending the pass and Hertz has not played well. The Giants aren't going to exploit that. And the Giants, they struggle up front to protect. The, the Eagles do have a good pass rush, a good front four. You worry when you're laying this big of a number. Hey, is my team focused? Is my team motivated when I lay the big number with the favorite? You're not going to worry about that with Philly. It's a primetime game on Christmas. They've lost three in a row. They're home. They're going to be out for blood here. I could see them running off the score a little bit. This one's got to me like 31-10, 34-7 written all over it. I think Philly wins and wins in a big way. Uh, and then Monday night, just another great game. Ravens, 49ers. I like the Ravens here. Like I mentioned, I watched the, the 49ers a lot last week. There were some chinks in the armor. Again, they're the best team, but there were some chinks in the armor defensively. Arizona gashed them, really moved the ball up and down the field. Right away, it was 7-0 Arizona, two minutes into the game. Uh, and they moved the ball early, late. They they just they moved the ball really well. And uh, you're getting Lamar as a dog. You're getting 
Harbaugh is a dog. You're getting a team with a good kicker, good special teams. They're just, they're buttoned up. Are the 49ers really going to win all these games by, you know, double digits, which they've done here for the last month or so since they've gotten back on track? I don't, I don't know. I could see uh, 49ers winning this game by a field goal or so. I do like the plus five and a half for Baltimore. So those are the NFL picks. It's a great NFL weekend. When we come back, we'll talk a little baseball, Yamamoto, the Dodgers. That is next. This is the Should Have Bet More podcast. All right, we are back. Should have bet more presented by Goal Boys. We'll do a little baseball. Um, I should mention the bowl games really quickly. The Bulls just haven't done it for me. There's no games on during the day. The schedule has been weird. Usually early in bowl season, you get games all day, and, it, and it's fun. It's just something to watch, something to bet in the middle of the day. We haven't had that. The schedule has been odd. Last night, South Florida, Syracuse, 45 nothing. South Florida was the dog and won 45 nothing. These games just have no juice whatsoever, none, none at all. All the opt-outs transfer portal, all that stuff. It's killed these bulls. And look, it's when it's on, it's on. It's something to watch. It's something to bet. I think if you're crazy, if you're laying points in any of these games, there's just so much variance, so much uncertainty. But in terms of like a fan rooting aspect, like, man, I can't, I'm not into these games. I used to love the bulls. I think everyone kind of likes the bulls. It's, you get to see how the conferences match up. They're fun. Uh, the bulls just have lost a lot of luster in terms of, you know, these opt-outs and everything. So Central Florida tonight against Georgia Tech doesn't do anything for me. I would take Georgia Tech. It's supposed to be – that should be a fun game. Total 69. I mean, that's going to be a lot of points. Uh, I would look towards Georgia Tech. Again, I'm not laying points in any of these games. But, again, the, the Bulls just, you know, Troy versus Duke, uh, Northwestern versus Utah. I mean, these games really – we'll get to baseball here in a minute. These games just do not have a lot of interest, uh, at least for me. Northern Illinois versus Arkansas State, especially when there's NFL on. When there's NFL on, I mean, who's going to sit there – and watch, you know, Air Force James Madison without a bet when there's NFL on East uh, Eastern Michigan against South Alabama, Coastal Carolina against San Jose State. Uh, I mean, Tuesday after Christmas, these games start to you start to get some day games. But again, UNLV Kansas and Tulane Virginia Tech, uh, not not an appetizing slate, at least for me. So that's the college football, baseball. I mentioned late last night, Yamamoto makes a decision. Starting to hear whispers, you know, Jack Curry, he's going to make a decision soon. I thought he was sort of hinting that the Yankees are going to get their guy. They need a pitcher. He goes to the Dodgers. The rich get richer, people up in arms. You know what? You say it's bad for baseball. I don't think it's bad for baseball. I think if you're mad about this, you're mad that it's not your team doing it. If this was your team doing it, you'd be happy. You want your team to do it. You're just mad your team's not spending the money. And give the Dodgers credit. Now, I'm not rooting for them. And, the reason I think it's good for baseball, first of all, they're trying to win. They're doing everything in their power to win. It's good for baseball because it gives you a true villain. Next October, we're all going to be rooting against them. It's sort of like LeBron with heat that with, with the Heat that first year. Everyone's going to be rooting for the Dodgers. They're they're now the evil empire. So I, I don't fault them. Their, their approach is, hey, we're going to get every player we can. We're going to do everything we can to possibly win. We're going to build a super team. It's not always going to work out, and it certainly has it. And it doesn't, it's no guarantee they're going to win this year or the next year. As we've seen, the baseball postseason is very random. The Arizona Diamondbacks swept them and went to the World Series and lost to the Texas Rangers. I mean, it was a Rangers Diamondbacks World Series. That's all you need to know. But they're doing everything in their power to to stack their the odds in their favor. So you give them credit. I wish more teams would do this. The Yankees made a respectable bid, but you know what? Respectable isn't good enough. Maybe he wanted to just be in LA. Maybe he wanted to be with Otani. Who knows? But the Yankees, uh, this has been their mo now, where they just they don't get a lot of these free agents. Yes, they retained Judge. Yes, they got Cole when they needed him in 2019. But for the most part, it's been basically 15 years since Steinbrenner, since George moved out of the picture, where they just they've haven't they've either struck out on the free agents or they haven't swung at the pitch. Whether it's Corey Seager or Bryce Harper, or Freddie Freeman, Machado, it's always an excuse. Machado's not a, a Yankee type of guy. Oh, we don't need Harper. We have outfielders. Oh, we don't need Corey Seager. We have all these great shortstops in the, you know, in the pipeline. It's always something. This was, hey, we got outbid. We offered 300 million. It was respectable. He took the better. Okay. 
it's always something again, 10, 10 for 300 is respectable, but um, you know, bottom line is he's not in pinstripes. He's not wearing your uniform. So the Dodgers, I think their win total now 104 and a half plus 350 to win it. There's no value in any of those. Uh, I would bet the over. They're going to win a ton of games. They're, they can, they can, they're going to be a machine. That lineup is just incredible. Absolutely incredible. But that, I mean, they can literally go undefeated and it doesn't guarantee you winning anything in the playoffs. You get the layoff and then you got to deal with the best of five. They have improved the pitching now. Yamamoto, Glass now, Bueller back. Keeping these guys healthy is another thing. Glassnell's always hurt. Bueller's coming off injuries. Um, and we don't know how good Yamamoto is. If you watch the highlights, man, that throws 100 miles an hour, that breaking ball. I mean, he looks like he's going to be really good. Doesn't look like he's going to be another Arabu or Daisuke Matsuzaka. It looks like he's the real deal. Keagawa, it looks looks like he's the real deal. I mean, his numbers are incredible. His stuff is incredible. Um, he, he's the real deal. So gives people something to root against. I mean, I'm excited to watch him pitch. I wish I was a Yankee fan. I wish he was pitching for the Yankees. The Yankees need a pitcher. I don't know where they go now, whether it's... Snell, I don't think they're going to shop in that aisle. That's just not their MO anymore. And I don't know that you trust him in New York. Again, he's a Cy Young winner. He's got the stuff. He's got walk issues. I don't know. There's talk. Could you trade for Dylan Cease? Could you, you know, maybe get Burns at some point? I think Bieber's still a free agent. So there's guys to get, but you would have just liked to, to get Yamamoto, pair him with Cole. Um, you, you can't really trust on Rodon. You can't trust Cortez too. I mean, both those guys are always hurt. Cortez, Rodon didn't pitch well when he was when he's healthy last year. Cortez is not pitched great. I know fans love him because he's relatable. He's got the quirky delivery. He's he's an okay pitcher. He's decent. But if he's, you know, you're two or three and you're counting on him, first of all, the injury concern. Second, he's just, he's okay. He's, he's good. He's not great by any stretch. The Yankees need some pitching. The lineup would be good with Soto, but they still look, for all the credit they've gotten, hey, they're the Yankees again. They went out and got Soto. The 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 Evil Empire's back. The Evil Empire's not. They haven't spent one dollar this year. They have not spent one dollar. They have not gotten anybody. They they traded for Soto, a deal you had to make, a deal anybody can make. They basically stole Soto. You know, Michael King and some you know some prospect you never heard of. Okay, great. Uh, that that's a deal they had to make. It was a good move, but they still have not signed anybody. They're still a pitcher or two short. They don't have a lot of depth in the rotation. So. Yankees need to make some moves, but um, you know I, I don't know that there's a betting aspect. Some of the over unders starting to pop up. They're hard. To, they're they're hard to find. They're not readily available. One that was interesting to me. I saw Mets for eighty three and a half. Mets are not an eighty four win team in that division where the Phillies are really good. Braves still all right. You can't call them the best team because of the Dodgers, but they're you know it's one A one B. The Braves are still absolutely loaded, and they're a great organization, and they're just top to bottom. That lineup is incredible. Braves are still going to be really good. Phillies are good. Almost made their second straight World Series. The Marlins have a ton of pitching. They're not a terrible team. And even the Nationals, you know, have been quietly stacking up young talent. They're gonna they're still probably a year away from being good, but they were feisty last year. So the Mets with that pitching, uh, and again, they're not done shopping. They're gonna get somebody. They got Hauser, they got Severino on a cheap deal. The Mets, if you see 83 and a half, I know you don't want to tie up your money for a long time, but to me, uh that, that will probably close 80, 81. The Mets are not an 84 win team uh by any stretch. So Rich get richer. Uh, I, I, again, I think this makes it fun. I wish he was a Yankee, but you know, people rooting against the Dodgers. The, the fact that people, anything to get people to care about baseball, I think is a good thing. And people want to knock the Dodgers. You're just, you're, you're mad your team didn't get them, which I completely understand. I'm mad my team didn't get them. So the Dodgers now spending over a billion dollars. Just insane. I mean, they just never stopped. 700 million on Otani. I know it's deferred, but they still they still wrote the check. I mean, that's the thing about frustrating, frustrating about the Yankees. He just got out. You got outbid by a team that just spent seven hundred million on Otani and one hundred and fifty million on Glass now, and you got outbid on this guy, and, and you have more money. You have, you're worth over seven billion dollars, and you're getting outbid for these players. It, it's tough for fans when you when you spend the kind of money the Yankees charge, you know, fifty bucks for parking and all the money they charge when you go to a Yankee game. You expect to get the best players, and yes, Soto was a good addition, but 
they're not really spending the money anymore. I mean, they're just, they're not in this. You look at this Dodgers lineup and it's just an embarrassment of riches. It's just, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you probably would go with a lineup, something like Betts, Otani, Freeman, Will Smith, Muncie, Outman, Taylor, Hayward, Lux. It does get a little, I'm, one through four or five. Like you saw last year in the playoffs, they are a little top heavy. If Betts and Freeman aren't killing you, it. It does drop off a little bit. Obviously, Otani's going to help, but it is, it's not a great bottom of the lineup. It's not like one through nine, they're great. The one through three is great, but the one through nine is not great. But, I mean, who knows? They're probably not done. They'll probably get somebody at the deadline or get somebody else. I mean, they're just, they never stop shopping. So, fun to talk some baseball. We gave some football picks just to review Falcons, Ravens, Eagles, and I'm going to add Arizona plus the four. Those are the picks for this weekend. Great weekend of football. We got... Some baseball news. So we'll be back next week with a couple episodes. We'll have some guests. So look forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. Try to rate, review on Apple, Spotify. Tell a friend. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your holidays. Merry Christmas. See you guys then.